It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Yeah. We're starting off already. Yeah. No. Well, let's see. A round of applause for... Okay. For applause. For, and then for breaking your bad dating habits, because you you will in 2020. And let's have some booze. Yeah. What for? For bad dating habits to begin with. Well, why do you have bad dating habits? Because people are, do I have to say it? They're lazy, inconsiderate thoughtless, not caring, not gracious. <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, and filled with fear. And boy, are we going to go, we are going to take a very deep dive into this because I really believe there are some serious psychological components to bad dating behavior. Okay. All right. And mm-hmm. specifically breadcrumbing. Mm. Do we have a sound effect for that? No. Okay. Uh, ghosting. Nothing for that either. And gaslighting. Oh, oh, oh okay. that's the wrong kind of gaslighting, I guess. I'm sorry. All right, well. Yeah, that too. Excessive gaslighting. We have that. Okay, because these are all very, this is some, in general, shittiness. And, and you know, and however you want to, there's all kinds of bad dating behaviors out there. But, well, the, but these are some where we're going to um, talk about, we're going to really, I don't know, examine? Because... Why are you doing this to begin with, you know? Why do people... Are you examining bad habits in yourself or bad habits in others? Yes, both. Well, Because but... I think people know when they're doing it. Yeah, but oh, I don't think they do. I, I think that people, come on, no. You think a breadcrumber knows when he's breadcrumbing or her? No, I don't think, I don't think so at all. You don't think people have that level of consciousness? <laughs> no. They don't, they're unable to see their own shitty behavior? No, I don't. Oh, don't look at me when you say that. Yeah, well, it's uh, true. Okay. I think that, you know, ghosting, who's going to accuse themselves of ghosting? Oh, I don't want to ghost anymore. I just ghosted this girl, so I'm not going to, I'm going to be better this time and not ghost it. No, they don't think that way. You don't think that someone who ghosts doesn't say, have that little voice in there, the back in their head of their head going, you know, that wasn't cool. I should not have done that. That was No, really I'm on bad. to the next girl. I'm not thinking about the last I one really, I just ghosted. I really should have better manners and some more consideration and actually be honest and do the right ah, thing. Rather. And, well, not the case and call her up and just say, hey, you're yeah, nice that's and great, not, but, I'm not, oh, but we're really? not a match, and I wish you all oh, the best. please, it's not going to happen. Well, no, it should happen. No, I think we have to look at why we just got ghosted. Why are we getting breadcrumbed? We have to look at ourselves. This is the issues that we need to change. We're not going to change the person that is ghosting or breadcrumbing or gaslighting. We're not changing them. We have to change... The reason we got gaslit. I don't... The reason we got ghosted. Mm, I think there is a l- level of uh, reflection and introspection that is necessary and consciousness at all times. Mm. I mean, come on. We all, we all have to be conscious human beings. Okay. But, but when we date, geez, 
Hello, whatever happened to common courtesy? And by the way, if you if you if you're ghosted, you're suggesting that that person, the ghosty, or the gaslighty, mm -hmm. or the breadcrumby, it takes it personally that somehow no, they did I, something to. I mean, no one. The person that got gaslit needs to find out why did I allow myself to get gaslit? Okay. Why the person that just got breadcrumbed? Was that my doing that caused me to get breadcrumbed no. with this person? No. Maybe it was. No. You're not going to change. You're not going to change the breadcrumber. Okay. No, from you don't. No. Doing that. No. But okay. Look, nothing's guaranteed. Nothing is just because you've had a couple dates or that it's going to work out. And and people can change their mind at any time. That's not the point. There are there are people that will not match up. That the issue we're talking about, at least for this episode, is geez, people. Come on, take the high road. You know, if you're not interested in someone, be honest, do it nicely, let them down, oh. save them face. So we're going to change these types of people from who they are to who you want them to be because they shouldn't, they should not be these people that have these crappy characteristics. Okay. So you're a guy. You've I gone have. on a ton of dates. Yes, I have. But you're a good guy. I hope so. You're an extraordinary person. Oh, thank you. You have impeccable manners right. and etiquette yeah okay you are never going to do that to someone you i guarantee no yes certainly you wouldn't do that to I, someone well, because you're not you're, knowingly or willingly and i i just don't find that anybody that does that is going to be self-reflective enough to call themselves out on it and say oh god i was that way with with susie i'm not going to be that way with uh, dolores where the Dolores? <laughs> so you dating in the fifties? Remember Dolores's? All right. I love so Dolores. I did too. They made a great um, tuna melt. The, yeah, great. I know that was, that was a I miss great it. place. I know. Darn. But but, but, you, but you do make a good point about ownership. Even if it wasn't a match, and you know maybe the the woman made a mistake or two, or there's no there's no chemistry or connection, or the guy said something that was a turnoff. I'm on to the next girl already. Yeah, but, I'm but, not thinking of. I did something wrong here. I got out of it. Right. So you're, I'm done but, with. I, but what you're saying is that they deserved. They did something to deserve uh, now, being ghosted. Well, okay. No, I'm not saying they did deserve it. I'm saying that is there something that we should look at that caused that to take place? Okay, that's fine. So to Fair me, enough. that that is more ownership. For we're not going to change that card of a guy. No. Right. Who, who acts well, that we way? Can. That player. What? They can try. They're not listening. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Well, they, I hope they're listening. They're not done being single. Well, how about done being a douchebag? Well, that's a different program. On the next episode. Voice America, <laughs> done being douchebags. <laughs> DBD. Okay, but you know what? There's some other bad dating behaviors I'd like to address, which we will. Well, okay, but okay. I think and, I, and I just want to... And we have, our guest today is, she is awesome because she's going to approach this from the behavioral psychological more the more the deeper aspects of the pathology of all this oh, so a wise name, eh? she's a wise name I've been. tracy crossley i am so excited to have her on the show because mm -hmm. i know she's got a thing or two to say about this because you know what else she also walked the walk okay she's been in the trenches as well and i know that she gets it and comes from a incredible place of uh, insight and experience anyway with that said I want to mention that there are some other bad dating behaviors that need to be broken in 2020, like putting up obstacles, okay. making excuses. Excuses. 
right? Yep. Um, breaking your negative thinking, limited beliefs that you can't find someone, that you're unlovable. I mean, all this stuff is can be considered bad dating behaviors. And, and a lot of them are self-inflicted. And there's a reason for that too. And we are gonna go into that as well. Okay. Okay. Do you have anything else to say on this subject? No, really. I just find the whole thing. Why? Well, you I'm, don't get it because you just never experienced it. It sucks. Okay, yes, you have. Oh, what about with friends? What about with business people? What about in, you know, well, it could happen. professionally? Of course. I'm, I'm trying to think ghost, that. People ghost, they breadcrumb. Can we generalize for a second? Do we find that this is cross-gender, that women and men breadcrumb? Yes. Benching? Yes. Gaslighting okay. is happens on both sides? Yes. Is it more men than women? No, it's It both. seems like it's more men than women, it seems. It seems more like men more men that. break up with women than women break up with men that you hear about these elements occurring. Oh, really? I can name two or three guys that have been ghosted, breadcrumbed, and benched. And you know who they are. I think okay. I think that's one guy. And they... <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it, women. It's probably a couple. Women yeah, are a couple. are chief offenders of this. That's very interesting because I think that men probably are bigger offenders of this than women. But it happens. Yes, I well, can see that happening to both. Okay, so but, for those who are listening, and Robbie says that people who aren't done being single don't listen to our show, but I think people do, and they want to improve because I really believe at the end of the day, people are done being single. And, and I'll tell you something. Not even, if you're not. Okay, so even if you're not done being single and you're listening to our show, to this episode right now, okay, God bless. You're a grown person. You can make your own decisions, and whatever feels right for you is right for you. But let me just say that you are not excused from behaving nicely to your fellow man, woman. That's right. I don't care. No, I don't care. If you're not done being single, it does not give you license to be an a-hole. Right. Okay? You don't have to be an a-hole to no. be single. right. You can be single and be gallant. Oh, and be chivalrous. I did it. You did it. Right. You don't have to revert or resort to being an a-hole just because you're single. Well, unless you need to enlist that, that, um, that satisfied some power thing in you where you just love treating people like shit. Or people that love being treated like shit. Bottom line, do unto others. What's the old saying? Yeah. As you would do unto yourself in the dating world. The golden rule applies. It is so golden rule. Okay. Okay. The other golden rule is we have to take a break. So let's do that. And then we're going to come on with our guest, Tracy Crossley. So this should be a very interesting show. So we will be right back. And we are back. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce our incredible guest, Tracy Crosley. She is a behavioral relationship expert whose work centers on emotional connection with ourselves and others. She helps people get out of their head to uncover the belief system that drives their behavior, then guides them through emotionally driven actions to break the patterns that keep them stuck. As someone who's struggled with insecure attachment issues for most of her life, Tracy shares her experiences with equal parts empathy and humor. She's been there and knows how much is available to those who refuse to settle. The work she does leads to self-acceptance, emotional freedom, and a more authentic life. You are perfect for done being single. Tracy, welcome. welcome. <laughs> 
you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. This is uh, that was quite the applause. So thank you. Well, we have a lot of people in the audience that are anxious <laughs> to hear what you have to say. Yeah, we have a a room full of it's packed with people. It's packed. We have a very okay. small office in our little studio here in our little uh, home studio. So okay, Tracy. So you've been you've been listening, and I know that you've got plenty of thoughts on what's already been said. But for the sake of uh, educating our listeners who maybe don't know this specifically what we're talking about, um, we're going to have you explain what breadcrumbing is, ghosting, gaslighting, benching, blah 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 blah. So let's start with bench crum- bench crumbing. Oh, bench crumbing. Okay. It's a new, it's a new one. It's a new one. <laughs> That's when you leave crumbs on a bench <laughs> and go. expect somebody to follow you right. home. It's when you yep. go to a sporting event and you don't clean up after yourself. Oh, God. Right, right. The birds come and get the crumbs. Then, uh, then there's ghost lighting. <laughs> That's ghost when you're lighting. Okay, no, sorry. When you're looking for ghosts and you're, you bring a light and it right. scares them away. Okay, Tracy, explain. Let's start with bread crumbing. Okay, so bread crumbing. Uh, let me let me back up a second. Everything that I talk about really has to do with insecure attachment. So I'm going to mention that a few times. Uh, but breadcrumbing really has to do with, let's say that you've met somebody new and you're all excited about them. There's chemistry. There is a feeling of connection of some sort, or at least you think there is. And so you start going out with this person and this can be any time. It could be a date. It could be 10 dates, it could be three months, it could be whatever time-wise, but you start to notice that this person is pulling back that you're all excited about. And you're wondering, okay, maybe they don't wanna see me anymore, maybe they're not interested. And of course, people that are in the position of being breadcrumbed usually are counting how this person, you know, how many times this person will call them in a day mm-hmm. and making sure things stay consistent. They're, they're very, very focused on the other person. So what ends up happening is the person starts to fade out and maybe the person who's being breadcrumb goes, gosh, maybe I'm going to ask them if everything's okay. And they ask and the person's like, yeah, everything's great. I've just been busy, whatever. And then the person keeps fading out and it seems like they've gone away. It seems like they've been ghosted. And what ends up happening with breadcrumbing is they come back in like two weeks later, maybe a month later, whatever it is, and act like nothing happened and they've just been busy and they've given you just enough breadcrumbs to keep you interested and to keep you hoping that this is going to turn into some kind of a relationship. So that's basically what breadcrumbing is. And this can go on for a long time. Like people can do this for years where it's a relationship that doesn't really progress. It always stays in this state of here's a little tiny bit and the person receiving it, there's reasons why they do. I mean, you guys were talking about this stuff earlier and I can get into all of that, but there's reasons why people accept things like breadcrumbs. Exactly. It's a, it seems like it's really a deconditioning of a person. It's it's very sad that it goes on for a long time and the person that it's being done to is accepting of it, which makes those breadcrumbs feel like little pieces of gold to them after a while because they, they crave the, the little bits that they're now getting. They do, but the thing is, I mean, this goes back to childhood. This goes back to insecure attachment where our attachment style is usually defined in early childhood depending on the parenting style of our parents and what we got from them as far as unconditional love attention emotional availability and so 
our relationship beliefs are established when we're kids. We don't realize that because we're not realizing our belief about ourselves. Let's say if mom or dad doesn't pay attention to us or it's abusive or it's somehow dismissive or ambivalent. So this goes back to childhood. And as a child, of course, you're not knowing you're setting a precedent for the rest of your life as far as how you see the world and your place in it. But we do. And so then as adults, we look for certain people and this is all subconscious, you know, like riding a bike is subconscious. 95% of what we do in a day is on autopilot. It's subconscious. So the things that we're attracted to in someone else are usually born from these beliefs that we've developed as children. And so you start dating and you may have a fantasy of Prince Charming or Princess Charming, and yet you've never had that kind of love or that kind of attention. So what ends up transpiring from there is you attract people that you're used to on an emotional level. You attract people, let's say if you didn't get a lot of attention, that aren't gonna give you a lot of attention. You're gonna attract people that make you perhaps feel a sense of abandonment. Mm -hmm. and, and this again goes back to these attachment styles, but part of that is where as a kid, you may have always felt that way. You may have always felt insecure. You may have not known if dad was gonna be affectionate or if dad was gonna be completely ignoring you or maybe he wasn't around or with mom, the same thing. I mean, there's all sorts of different scenarios as kids, but we have a certain amount of love we have learned to get either by certain characteristics or, or I should say habits that we have and you know, we apply these in dating and whether we're the person who's being breadcrumbed or the person that's doing the breadcrumbing, that's where all of this comes from. So it's not necessarily that people are trying to be jerks or not be jerks. And it's not that this is a weak willed person who's being breadcrumbed. It's that a lot of us are on autopilot with these things and we don't realize that it all starts within us and it's not because of what's outside of us. Where's the bingo button? Ding. Okay. But, you know, the thing about breadcrumbing is that I'm not guilty of that, but I am guilty of something that's similar that I actually coined a term called the fizzle, mm -hmm. where I would allow a relationship to just kind of naturally fizzle out. <laughs> and I wouldn't pursue it beyond a certain point. And I, it wasn't breadcrumbing because I think breadcrumbing is, there's a cruel thing to that, yes. which I, I didn't, but there's probably a cruelty to fizzling too, but... The fizzle was just kind of a natural progression where it just kind of fizzles out and you almost get to a point where you want the other person to make the decision to get out of it. Yes. Is, that, there. is that bad? No. It's, well, it's, you it's didn't want to... ghosting is what I was going to say. Like what you did was kind of like ghosting, except, yes. you know, ghosting, it's where there is no reply, no reaction. Like you could contact the person and they won't contact you back. Like they're just gone like a ghost. But... It's sort of the same thing. You know, if you're not having conversations with people and saying, hey, look, I'm just not interested, then that's one thing. But when it comes to breadcrumbing, they're not actually trying to be cruel. It's their own crap. So people that are avoidance have a hard time with emotional intimacy and they become afraid of being engulfed by another person. Mm -hmm. On top of that, they start to feel responsible for the other person. So... Right. That's that's part of it. Like I coach both men and women on this. And I have women that are avoidance, women that are anxious. I have men that are avoidance, men that are anxious. And it's not 
neither a he or a she thing. And I also straight or gay doesn't matter. It's an emotional thing. And so if somebody feels like they're going to be responsible for somebody, even though at first they may have been excited, like, oh my gosh, this is a great person. I'm so excited too. They start to get scared and they start to back off. Right. So that's a whole other level right. of why people do what they do. Yes, you are so on it and we are so on the same page here because as I said in the opening, these behaviors don't come from nowhere. There's maybe a little more pathology involved where, as you were saying, attachment really figures into this. And I have a friend who I think is, uh, she's got anxious uh, attachment style. And maybe for some reason or no reason, or there's no, I mean, there's a coincidence here, she keeps attracting avoidant attachment style people. So it's almost like her biggest fears come true because she's in an unconscious way, she's assuming that people are going to leave and then she attracts people who do leave. Does that make sense? Yep, yep, absolutely. Because because her father left at an early age or men in her life tend to leave. What's the term for that? So if, she's if got an anxious attachment style. She's worried they're gonna leave and or hurt her feelings or abandon her. And they end up doing exactly that. And so it's in a way they they sort of ghost her, uh, and these are marriages, by the way. These aren't just this is right. These just aren't aren't dating. I mean, this is like she really has um, a pattern that I've kind of been trying to help her through, and so that she be, has some awareness. And I, I'm, my guess is that's what you do with your clients too. You bring their you just bring awareness to the situation and shed light on it, and it, it does tend to make them look at their the way they're attracting people. It's more than awareness. I mean, I do give them awareness, but I also teach them how to shift their beliefs and change their patterns so that they feel better. They have a sense of well-being and they learn how to value themselves. And I show them actually what that means. Most people don't understand how to value themselves. So I teach them these things and it's very deep and hard work, but they change their lives. Thank God for you. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Someone, you are a beacon of light. I really think that people don't. Once I realized what or, or you know found out about attachment theory and style, it just answered so many questions. I it was like, oh my God, jaw dropping enlightenment. I highly recommend it so for anybody else. We have to take our second break right now. But we're going to come back because there's a few more terms that we want to go over with Tracy. So we will be right back with more from Tracy Cressley. So Tracy, going over these terms again, went over breadcrumbing and a little bit of ghosting. Tell us about benching. Benching? <laughs> Is that not a term okay. you're familiar with? Uh, that would be where you were talking about the breadcrumbs are left on a bench yeah. for birds. Well, kind of okay. Thing. So honey, go ahead. You okay. talk about benching. Benching, from what uh -huh. I understand is when you keep multiple people in rotation and you you bench someone maybe for a little bit and then you bring them back into the game and then you put them on the bench again and then you bring them you suit them up and you bring them back in again and they go back and they sit on the bench which i kind of think is connected to bread crumbing in that you are throwing just enough bait out there to keep them swimming 
and yeah. right. Yeah, so I'd agree. Okay, which and, and keep the plate spinning at the same right, time. Right, right. The difference I would say can be because it's not with bread crumbing that everybody who does bread crumbing, meaning the bread crummer, doesn't necessarily have a whole lineup sitting on a bench. That doesn't necessarily need to be that. A lot of times people, and this is, you know, people that are avoidant are also anxious on a different level. They're anxious for other reasons. They're anxious about getting too close. So they tend to bury themselves in other things. They may be a workaholic. They may have all sorts of commitments that keep them busy, busy, busy. And so they have an excuse, and I have air quotes going, they have some kind of an excuse happening. So it's not necessarily the rotation, but with benching, it's just another form of breadcrumbing. I think the other thing though with benching, now that you say that term, the person who is being benched is also anxious, but they are maybe even more delusional. <laughs> and I don't mean it because I've been there. It's, it, it's this delusion about what you think the relationship is. A lot of times people who have been breadcrumbed, and I'm guessing the same thing with benched, is that the person comes back in and what they think is, oh my God, they've realized I'm the one. They've realized this is something special and now this person has shown back up, they must be my soulmate. And then they go through this again and they end up disappointed, but they don't wanna be disappointed because disappointment's a very difficult emotion for them to deal with. And so what they end up doing instead is getting into that wishful thinking, well, maybe they'll come back again. Maybe they're just super busy and they make all these excuses and they get more anxious because that's what it does. And then let's say the person comes back and this can go on for years, for years. Yeah. My next question to that is when you're advising a client, how long do you advise them to give the bencher or the breadcrumber? I mean, how long is enough and how long should you give somebody to make up their damn mind? So that's interesting that you asked me that. I right now, to give you an example, I'm doing coach training. I'm training five people who have been clients of mine to be coaches. And we were talking about this in our training session yesterday. And one of the people who had come to me originally being in a relationship like that, she said to me, she goes, one of the things you did to help me the most was you told me not to leave. You told me to stick with it. The reason being isn't this is a great relationship. It's a lot of times when you're in a breadcrumbing situation, even if you walk away, you are still attached to that person and you don't know why. And so I say, if you are pulling yourself out like that, not only are you still attached, so you're still in the same pain, you haven't alleviated your pain, but now you've added an extra dimension because now you're going, oh my gosh, I'm without this person. And if you get past that and you become numb, and then let's say they show up again, because you can't control them showing up or not showing up, and they show up again, and then you feel anxious and the same exact feelings again, you've done nothing to help yourself. So I have told clients, you stay as long as you can when it comes to your emotional well-being, where you can learn, why am I here? Be curious, what is it that's driving me to accept so little? What can I learn about myself? How can I grow and use it as an opportunity for that? And then you end up coming out of it much, I mean, like you're done. When you are out of it, you're out of it. You're not looking back going, oh, I wish, I pray. And this person I was training yesterday as a coach, 
was telling me, she goes, I didn't think it was going to take me two years. She goes, but it did. She goes, but I look back and I am such a different person. I mean, I'm a person who will never, ever find myself in an attached situation again. I will never, ever feel like I felt because I don't feel that way at all anymore. Like she doesn't have the anxiety. She doesn't have these issues in other people she's dated and she's completely changed her trajectory. So there is no real time limit, but it is about being kinder to yourself in terms of a lot of times, you know, our society is always telling people, get out, don't stay, leave. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And that's just extra pressure for somebody who has a ton of anxiety and they don't know why they don't know why they have this attachment style or how to deal with it. And so it doesn't ever get better because it's not about the other person. It's about them. Mm -hmm. So as you grow, you obviously would outgrow it. Let's hope. Yes. Operative word, grow it. That is so true because once you start to put the pieces in place and connect the dots, you realize this is not for me anymore. I don't, this is like a shoe that's too small or it's something that is ill-fitting. You know you're, you're really growing and really evolving and really healing when something that, like someone comes into your life and it tastes that familiar, like that feeling it triggers, that taste that's familiar, and you go, oh, no, 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 not going there again. Right, right, exactly. Because the thing is, is that you really can grow at a deeper level and overcome your conditioning. And that's what I help people to do. That's what my podcast helps people to do. That's what my work is all about. And I've done it with so many people, and I did it with myself because when I was insecurely attached, I had a day. And of course it was one of those moments where I woke up, but even when I woke up, I still didn't know what the hell to do with myself. But I realized with this breadcrumb relationship I was in where he would come in, he'd come out, I'd kick him out, I'd say, get out of my life, I don't want anything to do with you. And then he would show back up a month later, weeks later, whatever it was, I always was feeling the same. Even though in between, I think I was getting over him, he would show back up and I would feel exactly the same. I'd have that anxiety, I'd have that same attachment. And one day I went, okay, this is me. This is about me because I keep feeling this way. And I realized that and I said, all right, Tracy, this is an emotional issue. And at that point in time, by the way, I was totally disconnected from my emotions. I didn't know what those were. Uh, they were the reactions I had to other people. I didn't realize at a deeper level I had emotions. And so. I made a pact with myself. I said, I am not going anywhere until I am at a place of clarity and resolution with this so that I am not going to be a yo-yo and keep doing this. And so it was really difficult because I would want to push him out because he'd stop showing up and then he'd show up and then he would make promises and he'd break the promises. And I really had to deal with myself because I would want to get rid of him, but then I'd go, okay, I get rid of him. He shows back up. You're going to be in the same place. And I didn't want to be in the same place anymore. So I learned that. And the other key with it is most people get stuck in a fantasy of what they think this relationship is like the person being breadcrumbed right. or benched right. or what have you. Right. Right. So it is to get out of the fantasy and be in reality right. and keep seeing it. And that's painful and disappointing but it is so helpful because then you get to a point where you go, yeah, this isn't that exciting. Yeah, this isn't my soulmate. Hmm. 
to me, when you make an unhealthy choice, you know it because it's like ringing a bell. It's, it's like ringing an old bell that you've heard and you know it. It's at some point your higher good or higher instincts or intellect needs to take over because I do believe you have to play out some things as you were saying and it's in your best interest sometimes to go the distance because there will be ultimate healing at the end but is there a way to expedite it I think that's what I'm no there's not and the reason is because it's taken you your whole life to get where you are as far as your belief system and your patterns. And so it would be great, by the way, because I have tried to come up with shortcuts on getting out of there, you know, getting out of that situation and actually overcoming your conditioning, but it does take long. And what people learn, and I mean, it actually ends up being the greatest journey. It can be a spiritual journey because it can crack you open because most people are not aware of how they actually operate. They're aware of how the breadcrumber operates. They're very aware of the psychology of other people, but not of themselves and not of what they actually do. So if they can take that, and, and the thing is, a lot of people feel a sense of relief because they don't feel that, oh my God, I gotta get out of here angst on top of the pain they're in. Instead, they don't get the angst, they just are dealing with their pain. Because a lot of times in our society, we put ourselves in places where we now have added an extra layer of pain of suffering because of the expectations other people have that we shouldn't be where we are. And, and those are our interpretation, of course, of what other people's expectations are. So when you remove those, like if you've been telling your friends, oh, this guy, he keeps doing this, he keeps doing that, and you actually stop talking to your friends in that way and say, you know what, I realize I've got some fucked up stuff here and I need to just be where I am so that I can get to a stronger place. Mm -hmm. This is okay. great. There's a we couple more for hours about this, but we there's can't. There's a couple more terms uh, we have to just go over. I, I wanted to find out your take on gaslighting. Yes, gaslighting. That's a fun one because that doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. That could be anywhere in your life. Mm -hmm. So when gaslighting is happening, first of all, you have to be a person if you're going to be, let's say, the victim of gaslighting where you do not take care of your own feelings, where you're disconnected from them enough that someone else can make you question them. So your feelings may never have been welcome as a kid and they may not be welcome as an adult in maybe all of your relationships or just in romantic ones or what have you. But the point is someone can tell you a story about what's, what's happening and it has nothing to do with the reality you see and yet you believe their version of reality and dismiss your own, including your feelings. And so you can constantly feel like you're wrong. You can feel like you're walking around in days and everybody else must be living this life where they have a clue and you don't. But again, this still goes back to your conditioning and your own lack of trust of yourself and your lack of trust of your feelings. But it doesn't start that way. I think that you automatically have your own feelings and you are hearing somebody else uh, give you a different interpretation and that hits you as something that is unsettling. Wait, how can you have such a different read of something? That's not what I, that's not what I just experienced. But all of a sudden over time, it becomes, you become more either sympathetic to the other person's viewpoint uh, unwillingly 
or willingly. I don't know how that works. And uh, that's where the gaslighting takes hold, I think. Well, you have to, again, I always go back to, you always have to have a seed of insecurity there. I'm sorry, but people that are like, if somebody said that to me at this point, I know myself, I'm connected to myself, I'm connected to my feelings, and I wouldn't put myself in a place to go, I'm going to give your version of reality over my version of reality credence and and throw mine in the trash. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't. It's that you have to already be somebody who's not necessarily that connected to yourself emotionally. And a lot of people aren't, and they think they are, but but they're not. And because there has to be an entry, right? If you don't have an entry in, you're not gonna get in the door. And so the door has to be open a crack to that. Okay. Well, speaking of open a crack to that, we have a take our <laughs> third break. So, uh, <laughs> so we're gonna do that right now and we'll be back with more from Tracy Crossley. So Tracy, this is a really interesting show for us because we are addressing some characteristics of dating in which we're addressing the people that have been breadcrumbed or been benched or ghosted or gaslit. Or are we addressing the people that are doing the breadcrumbing, the benching, the ghosting, and the gaslighting? How do we let these people that are doing these things know they shouldn't be doing them? What you're saying is, are we addressing the perpetrators or the victims? And by the way, I think they're both in one of the same sometimes. They're on the drama triangle. Uh, Yes, Yes. they all are. So it's it's basically switching places from victim to persecutor to rescuer and wanting the persecutor to be your rescuer and the person, you know, I mean, it just goes on and Mm -hmm. on. So, uh, but to me, and this has been in my line of work, I've been doing this for 12 years. I work with both. And I have found that people who are the ones doing this behavior have more anxiety and more fear than the person it's happening to. And by the way, I'm saying this, and those of you listening who are being breadcrumbed or finding yourself anxiously attached, that doesn't mean you can solve that problem for this person. You can't because they have a fear of choosing wrong and it's like, the house is on fire wrong, okay? Like they are afraid of getting close to somebody because it feels like they're gonna walk into the towering inferno or something. Like they're just walking in to something beyond their control and they just lose their shit. Mm-hmm. And and really, I know this because I work with these people and I've worked, I've been on both sides of it. And the fear can be so big that what they're looking for is the perfect partner. So let me just, explain that a little bit when somebody who has these tendencies is looking for someone because they have the idea that they are looking for a relationship okay I want to be in a relationship you will hear them say this and they start dating they have a great time and then all of a sudden it's oh my god I might lose myself oh my god I feel responsible for this person they literally start to have a freaking panic attack so what ends up happening is they start to need space because, and they don't realize it. Like they are so in their bubble of fear that they're backing off and they're trying to get rid of that white hot fear by backing off. And then they do it enough. And then they start to think, Oh, you know, she or he was really great. Maybe I could talk to them. Maybe I can do this. But as it gets closer and closer again, they, they feel like they're touching the hot stove. So, 
it really is difficult, but I, I work with people that have this tendency. Like I had a client who wanted to get married and this is a woman wanted to get married and would be on a date with somebody and she has just got a checklist of everything wrong with them. And if they make it past the first date, it's a miracle. And then when she does, because maybe she's found someone attractive, it's still the same thing where she will show up and then she would disappear because she just couldn't handle it. It was too much. And therefore she needed to get away, but they don't, they don't consciously have the awareness that they're doing this. Like they really don't. And this I'm not speaking for everybody, but I am speaking for a huge section of people that I work with. And part of what I do is getting them to plant both feet into dating and dealing with their fears. Right. And that's a lot. So question piggybacking off of that, say you are, you're not a perpetrator, you're not a victim, but you self-inflict your own wounds. Like you ghost yourself or you breadcrumb yourself. Or, And what I mean by that is the people that suffer, who engage in self-defeating behaviors and as a, maybe as a way to protect themselves from getting too close or protecting themselves from rejection or pain or suffering. And what they ultimately do is they either alienate themselves or they, I don't know, like I said, they make excuses or put up obstacles. Those are, that's bad dating behavior too. It is, and the sad part is, so the whole thing, I, I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent a little bit, no, but I was no, gonna say good. the whole thing with the perfect partner is their hope is the perfect partner, okay, this is like such a fantasy for somebody who's an avoidant, is going to make it easy. All And this person doesn't exist, by the way. There is no human being that fills the perfect partner. But there's an idea that they're gonna meet someone, it's gonna be so easy, all their feelings are gonna be positive and euphoric, and they're not gonna have any fear. But the problem is you meet somebody and you start getting closer and you like it and then fear comes out. And if you have these tendencies, it just makes you blast off to another planet. So it's really about getting out of the idea that there's a perfect partner to that exists in the first place. That's a hard one to break for a lot of people that are breadcrumbers or benchers or gaslighters. Well, gaslighting, though, to me, is also a whole other level. That, that can actually be somebody who's a sociopath as well. Right. So, yeah. What tips can we give the victims of these traits so they are recognizing when they are in the midst of them and how to recognize early on so it doesn't consume them for a long period of time? Okay, so there's three things that you want to look for. And one of them is consistency. Is there a consistency with somebody's words and actions. Do they call when they say they're gonna call? Do they show up when they're, you know, they say they're gonna show up? Is there consistency of their attention? Is there consistency at all? Now, not, you, not that you wanna have an eagle eye on them and making sure they perform because you really should be looking at, am I being consistent? Am I showing up? Or am I waiting for them to lead me, to show me, then what you're doing is you're being in a state of reaction to them. So you want to make sure you're consistent, they're consistent. The other thing is there should be a progression to the relationship, progressing from early dating to getting a deeper bond to a relationship and so on and so forth. There should always be a state of progression. A lot of these get stuck in the early dating stages. 
And you can tell also when you're on a date with somebody how much conversation is about the present and even about the past rather than the future. Because a lot of times too, people will start futurizing, oh, you're gonna be great because on a first date, it's euphoria. Oh, we're, you're gonna be great, I'm gonna introduce you to mom and dad and all these promises and then as the person receiving that, as the one who's the victim, quote unquote, although I, I don't really think we have to be victims, but anyway, you are taking that in and thinking, oh my God, this is the person. So you have to be aware of when somebody's doing all that future talk of bringing it back to the present and really paying attention to yourself in terms of what am I doing and how am I doing this? And the last thing is the commitment, not commitment of we're boyfriend, girlfriend, commitment of having both feet into dating. If you wanna meet people that are emotionally available, you need to have both feet in, not one foot in and one foot out. And this goes for both sides of it, by the way, because you're not gonna attract emotionally available people if you have one foot in. So having both feet in means I'm open, I'm available, I'm gonna trust myself, I know that I can handle this emotionally and that's what I'm going to do. And it takes work to get there because you gotta value yourself enough to trust yourself to handle whatever does happen. Exactly, exactly value yourself. If that doesn't say it all, I don't know what does. <laughs> well, it's that time when we have to start wrap up our show here, unfortunately. That is the fastest hour I've had it's in pretty a long fast. time. Except uh, when I'm having sex with you. <laughs> That's the fastest two minutes. <laughs> but uh, thank you for that. Tracy, how can people find you? Uh, they can go to my website, tracycrossley.com, and it's Tracy with no E, and Crossley has an E. And you can also find me on social media. I just say the best thing to do is pop my name into Google and you'll find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, everything. So that's probably the best way to find me. Great. Great. People, you must find her. All right? Go find her. Go now. Find her, call her, work with her. Don't Talk ghost her. her though, but yeah. find her. And don't ghost, man. She'll come after you. <laughs> and if they're breadcrumbs, put some olive oil on them. And a little <laughs> Toast basil. them a little bit. <laughs> All right, this has been awesome. Yes. It really has. You sing our tune, Tracy. And well, um, we'd love to have you back soon. So thank you. And uh, you can find us, Done Being Single, at Done Being Single. You could also follow us at Done Being Single. Find us at DoneBeingSingle.com. And uh, you can find me at Treva Be Me. And what else? And I guess we're Done Being Single. Yes, we are. We are. And proud we of all it. are. We are damn proud of it. Okay, that's it for this week. We will see you, talk to you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, and if you love us, tell us. Write us a little um, review. And, and if you don't, tell us that too. And tell, yeah, yeah, right? We I can mean, handle it. We're all for honesty over here. Right. Certainly. Yes. So everybody have a great week, and we'll be back next week with a brand new show. Take care. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single.